0: thankful that he's God tonight, or this morning, rather. Mine only is he's God, but he's your God. He's not just somebody else's story of what God should be, but he's God personally to you this morning. Let's just go to him in prayer. Father, how we thank you, Lord. No matter what the situations, no matter what the circumstances, no matter, Lord, where we are, If we go into the depths of hell, the Bible would say you are there. If we go into the heavens, you are there. No matter where we are, God, you are there. And, Lord, we believe this morning that you are right here with us to give strength, support, comfort. Lord, a word of encouragement to the believer during their time of struggle and strife. We ask, Almighty God, that you just make yourself visible among us. And we thank you, Lord, that you're present and that your presence is here already, Father. And, Lord, it's nothing that we had done on our own human merit or human ability, but it's because you're God. And I'm so thankful, Lord, I can look back over the course of my life, Lord, many decisions that I had made, many mistakes and heartaches. But yet, Father, through it all, you saw before the foundation of the world that my name would be written in the book. And, God, not only my name, but the believers that are sitting here this morning, their name were pinned there as well, Father. And you're coming today, Father, just to manifest that word, to strike a word across that that name Lord to bring forth life and we just commit it to you this morning Father and we say we love you Lord and we're so thankful and we just give this service to you Lord and Father you see what I'm fighting back in my emotions this morning I'm asking for your strength now Father I pray Lord you'll anoint your servant Lord just to step aside this morning and allow the spirit of Christ to move in the minister and I also pray that you'll anoint the ears of the hearer Lord we can both hear and receive, Lord, from the Word today, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Just want to first say, before we get into the Word this morning, if you give me a little bit more volume up here, Brother Tim, that'd be great. <clears throat> Thanks for all the prayers, all the texts, to myself, to our family during this time. Many of you probably didn't know, but uh, my brother-in-law, Nathan, was killed in a car accident on Thursday night, a tragic accident. Uh, So, we're having to deal with that this week, and I've been home alone while the family's up in Virginia and trying to fight back the emotions and things of that nature, and yet preparing to be able to speak to you this morning. But you know, it's great to know that you're loved and supported by a family, a church family, and not only our local family, but there's texts and there's messages coming in throughout all around the world that know that we're related, and uh, it's just so nice to be loved. And we appreciate your love, we appreciate your support, we appreciate your prayers. But I would ask that if you would do me a favor keep my mother-in-law in your sincere deepest prayer She's hurting right now and rightly so she's lost her only son She lost her husband a few years ago her dad a couple months before that But I told her this morning. I said I'll be the son that you never had Amen. I Said I'm gonna love you the way you wanted to be loved by your son And I mean that from the bottom of my heart and I believe that we can't take these moments that we've been given Frivolous we got to cherish every moment every opportunity. So today I may come with more what seems like a more evangelistic message And I just trust it's something to be said that will speak to you We're gonna speak on God does impossible math part eight, but I want to give it a subtitle. I found my freedom in you If you're not here today or if you're here today and you hadn't found that freedom yet I want you to know there's freedom in Christ There's victory in Christ. You don't have to stay bound. You don't have to live under your God-given privileges, not when there's been a price that's been paid. So we're going to look here in Psalms 119 and verse 57. As we start this morning, it says, Thou art my portion, O Lord. I have said that I would keep thy words. I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. I thought on my ways, and I turned my feet unto thy testimonies. I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. If you, also, we're going to look here in James 4 and verse 14. James 4 and verse 14. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow. We don't know what tomorrow holds. Amen. But if you're a believer this morning, you know who holds your tomorrow. Amen. And if you're not a believer this morning, you have no hope. But I want to introduce you this morning to a hope, to more than a hope of faith, that you can be anchored in Him. It says, For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. You can be seated this morning. So, like I said, we're going to speak this morning on I found my freedom in you. And as I begin to study this in lieu of what just took place in our family and the loss of my brother in law and I just couldn't help but think life is so precious. When moments it's here, the next minute it's gone. Amen. The Bible would say it's like a vapor. You just breathe it. It's a mist. When you breathe it out, you can never get it back. That's right. And that's how life is. And the prophet of God would tell us in the Hebrew series, he said, what difference does it make if I'm 80? There's, we have 80-year-olds here tonight or this morning. If I'm 20, I'm only here for one thing, and that's to serve the Lord. So we're not here to see one another this morning. We're not here to to rack up a bunch of dead or a bunch of a nice house and cars and things of that nature. But we're here for one thing, and that's to serve the Lord. He said, there's many a man 80 years old tonight, and there's lots of children will die when I am 80 years old and will outlive many of them. He says, what difference does it make? It's your motive and your principles, and we're here to serve the Lord Jesus, that's all. Knowing this, that this life is a vapor that a man speaks about that once was and then is not. But if we have eternal life, God has promised that he would raise us up again. So in lieu of what just took place with my brother-in-law, I mean, we didn't have much contact with him over the last several months. But I want you to know this morning, you know, we're given an opportunity this Sunday. You're given an opportunity, whether you're young, whether you're old, whether you're middle-aged, whatever your situation, whatever the background in your life, in God has given you that opportunity this morning to make sure that you can look on your ways and say, You know what? I'm going to turn my feet to the testimonies of the Lord this morning. He says, about 21 years, he goes, one day I had a battle with this and a battle with the other, and I couldn't make out whether I wanted to be a fighter, whether I wanted to be a trapper, where I wanted to be a hunter, what did I want to do? But he says, I met Melchizedek, and he gave me my commission. I wonder if we can meet that same Melchizedek coming back from the battle. He's already won your victory this morning. If we can meet him this morning, he said, well, Brother Joe, you know, I got this hanging on me, and I got that hanging on me, but I'm here to introduce you to the Melchizedek. I'm here this morning to introduce you to the one that can liberate your chains and break you from the bondage it's been holding you back. He goes, I met Melchizedek and he gave me a commission and since then it was settled forever. And when it comes to the end of the road and their death stares me in the face, the way that I feel now, I'll never dread it. I'll walk. I won't walk in the face of it knowing this, that I know him who has made the promise. That's right, that I know him in the power of His resurrection. And that's how we want to know him this morning. Nathan Scholl will never get another opportunity, but you're given one this morning. Amen. I'm given one this morning. You have that opportunity today to seize your call and to make your calling an election sure. See, when he calls from the dead, I'll come out from among them. That's right. Knowing him in the power of the resurrection, what difference does it make whether I'm old, whether I'm young, whether I'm little, whether I'm big, whether I'm full, whether I'm hungry, whether I have a place to lay my head? The Bible will tell us in Matthew 8 and verse 20, says, Jesus says, unto them the foxes have holes and the birds have nets, but the Son of God don't even have a place to lay his head. So I want you to know this morning, he was born in another man's stable he was reared in another man's country he ate another man from another man's table he drank from another man's well he wore another man's robe he rode on another man's donkey he preached in another man's pulpit he prayed in another man's garden he was convicted for another man's crime he was hung on another man's cross he was buried in another man's grave but I want you to know this morning he rose again for another man's victory he rose again so you can live a life of freedom you wouldn't have to be bound by sin and not belief let me tell you he didn't have a a place to lay his head, but he provided a place for you this morning. Yes. Not only a place to lay your head, but you can lay that soul in his bosom this morning, and if death would take you, you'll be in the heart of the Heavenly Father. Right. So it's not all about what we gain on this side our houses and cars. I'd rather be broke with Jesus than be rich without him this morning. I'd rather drive a hoop tea than drive a Mercedes without him this morning. I'd rather live in a shack than in a mansion without Christ this morning. I'd rather have Jesus than all this money, all the silver, all the gold than live without him this morning. You can have this whole world. You can have all the fame. You can have all the fortune. You can have all that. You just give me Christ. It's settled for me. I remember when I was young, 21-year-old, 20 years old, and that voice spoke to me in my car, turn your car around. That settled it for me. And I trust today something will settle in your heart tonight, or this morning rather, that you can look back over your former conduct and your duties and your actions, and you can turn your steps in your heart toward Christ. He said, Brother Joe, most of us are saved here this morning, but some of us are not. So we're going to preach evangelistic message, and I just trust that you'll just support it this morning. Allow me just to share my heart with you. See, today is a day of salvation. Seek God when he can be found. You're not promised to walk out of these doors. You're not promised tomorrow, but you're given this opportunity today. You know, Brother Bannon will talk about Moses. As Moses began to think on his ways how he had went off on his own schooling. He knew that there was a call of God in his life, but he tried to work it all out on his own. How many of you tried to do it on your own? Amen. Oh, we think we're somebody. We use our intelligence to try to step ourselves up above somebody else and look down on others that maybe don't have the fortune to be as intelligent. You know, they didn't make a 36 or 34. They may have made a 16 on the ACT, and yet we think we're above them because. Of our intelligence. That doesn't mean anything. Right. You know, Moses tried this. He knew he had been reared. He'd been, he's been told all his life you're the promised son, you're the special one, you're going to deliver God's people. And what did Moses do? He did it under Moses' efforts and not God's effort. And any time we go off without God, we become failures. We We look back and we see, oh, I made this mistake, and I hurt this people, and I've done this. And Moses ran from the presence of the Lord, and he was on the backside of a desert for 40 years, wandering around and around and around, and it looked like his life didn't amount to much. Nothing but a sheep herder. And that may be where we are this morning, just wandering around and around. What is my life? I felt this call of God, but yet here I am, hurting my father-in-law's sheep. I don't even have my own sheep. What have I amounted to in life? Right. No. And no doubt the devil's there just warring on Moses. Moses, look, you did this, and you did that, and you shouldn't have done this, and you shouldn't have done that. But like, like Moses, many of us, we tried on our own. Yeah. And what do we do? We scar those that love us. And we have our lives full of scars and hurts. But I want you to know there was something that was deposited in Moses' heart. Long before there was a foundation of the world. Yeah. There was a call of God in Moses' life. Long before there was ever a foundation of the world. Before he was ever conceived in Jochebed in Amram's bosom. Before any of that, Moses was there. Moses was in the thought of God. God had already saw his people down in Egypt. And he says, I'm going to send the deliverer. And he already wrote Moses' name there to honor that word and to fulfill that commission. And I'm going to tell you, I don't care what you're going through this morning. God has already saw your name there. He's already all the situation and he's already prepared you to receive that experience that you know that you know that you know that God is real he's not a fiction. he's not a story of yesterday but he's a living God he's a present God he's an old time God and he's your God this morning yes, right. see there was a germ of life placed on the inside of Moses and it was called the call of God see Moses had this call And that call of God led Moses to a backside of the desert experience. And he came in the presence of the burning bush because of a call that was placed there. Mama didn't give him that call. Daddy didn't give him that call. God gave him the call. And that's why you're here this morning. You may have thought you just traveled all these miles to come see family. Uh -uh. God placed you here because he's got a burning bush for you. Oh, God's got a burning bush. Amen. It ain't being consumed. Amen. Notice now, and the call of God in your life will lead you to that same burning bush. Brother Pam says, if you'll realize that you're a son and daughter of God, that deposit was made in Calvary. And you got a checkbook in your hand, write anything you want on it there. God's promise to take care of it. Amen. Many times we're afraid to sign the check. I got paid on Friday. How many of you got paid on Friday? Okay, last Friday. <laughs> there's bills you got to pay. Right. You're not going to write that check out if you doubt that there's money in it. That's right. No, but when you got the confidence that you got the money in the bank, you write that check out happily. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Depends on how big it is, Right. Well, here it is, God is telling you that your name on the checkbook is just as good as the Father's. And I'm going to tell you, even like Tabernacle, you can't exhaust the inexhaustible fountain of life. you got a need this morning. Just write it out this morning. He's the need supplier. You need healing, he's the healer. You need deliverance, he's your deliverer. You need salvation, he's here to save. He's already paid the price. You need the Holy Ghost, he's here to drop the Holy Ghost into your heart this morning. See, God is infinite, and when God speaks, it's perfect. Amen. So don't try to alter it. And you find me today to try to alter God's word. So you're trying to make it say this and make it say that. Just say what it says. Amen. Let God come and bring it to pass. Amen. See, we can't alter God's word. We have to alter our thinking. That's why the Bible would tell us, "Let the mind that was in Christ be in you." Because when you take the mind of Christ in you, then you no longer alter your thinking or His thinking but you alter your thing into him. See, there's no man that comes into the presence of his own past but when he gets tore up about it. How many of you got a past this morning? How many would like to come up here this morning if I gave you an opportunity and share with the church what your past was? You'd be humiliated. Some of it ain't even worth speaking about. Well, the prophet of God would say there's no man that comes into the presence of his past but what he gets tore up for the things that he's done. Maybe the people that he's hurt. The words that he has spoke. And Moses began to think on his ways. An old man. Here he is now, 80 years old. And he begins to think, I ruined my life. I'm 80 years old. I thought that when I was a young man I would have done the right thing. But now it's too far. Now it's too far. I've sinned away my day of grace. I had my opportunity when I was 40. You know, 40's not old for y'all that's 40. Come on, amen. Y'all dead this morning, you're awake. It's okay. Here he says now, he goes, I'm 80 years old. I would have thought I would have done it when I was a young man when I was in there, when I would have done right, but now it's too far. And the crystal tears rolling down his whiskers, and about that time, he began to hear something crackling noise on the backside of the hill. And he says, while he was thinking on his ways, he said, I'll turn aside and see what, that, that, what God had done. Notice, he says, I trust that God will bring that burning bush into hearing distance with every person here tonight. He goes, can we think on our ways? And we have people today, and we're just playing church. But the church, the days of playing church, has got to be a a thing of days gone by. We got to get serious with our walk with God. We got to either serve God or don't serve God. Why do you want to just? Uh, stay on the middle of the road. Why do you want to just stay on the fence? Let me tell you, the devil owns the fence, but God is here to liberate you. God is here to bring you freedom. God is here to take you and break the chains of bondage off of you. Like, it's something on the inside of you it has to be longer. I really want to serve God, but the pull of the world is so great. Let me here to tell you this morning: God is here to break the pull off of you if you come with a heart that's sincere and look back on your way and say, "I've done this and I've done that, and I'm ashamed of this and I'm ashamed of that." But oh, God, I want I serve you this morning. Oh God, I want to worship you this morning. I don't care what they think about me. I might be out of my head, but oh God, I don't care. You saved me, you filled me, you healed me, and you delivered me, God. Let me serve you this morning. I'm going to give you my all this morning, God. Notice now, Moses used his intelligence, his strength, his knowledge, his human ability, but none of that produced the manifestation of the word. None of that, none of his effort produced the efforts or the manifestation, only the encounter with the burning bush. Only the encounter with the angel of the covenant produced what Moses was supposed to be, what Moses was God-ordained to be, and that was the prophet to deliver the people. And it's not until you meet that same burning bush, it's not until you meet that same Christ, that same angel that you become the very manifestation of the word of this hour, a bride for Christ. Amen. Bible tells, or The prophet of God will tell us in God's commission of Moses, he said, Moses slipped off his shoes and started walking in. See, the angel of the Lord Jesus Christ was sitting in that bush. That's why that bush didn't consume because it wasn't the bush that was on fire. It was God radiating right. from the midst of the bush. The angel of the covenant was Jesus Christ. He was a rock in the wilderness. He was the brass serpent. He was in all the patriarchs. He was in David. And he was down through the New Testament. And he's in the church tonight. Just the same Jesus. The same yesterday. Today and forever. And notice. All the stories that his mom told him didn't produce it. All his human ability never produced it. But one encounter. Five minutes in the presence of the angel of the Lord gave Moses the commission that he knew there was a call in his heart for. Yeah. Notice it changed Moses' thinking, not just for a month, not till just the next service or to the special preacher came by, no, but it changed Moses' thinking, not his doctrine. It changed Moses' heart. It turned his heart from sheep herder to now to be a a man of God, commissioned to do what God ordained him to do. Here he was 40 years. He carried the guilt of killing one Egyptian and failing to deliver God's people. This hung on Moses. It hung on Moses. Every day he went out to herd the sheep, and he was all alone, and no doubt Satan was there to remind him, look, you killed this man, and you did this, and you're nothing but a failure, Moses, and it circled around and circled around. 40 years he dealt with that, but I'm going tell you one moment in the presence of the angel one moment in the presence of the burning bush all that guilt left all that sin left all those chains of bondage left moses and now he was coming to his commission now he could go back and face his egypt not face egypt as a runaway prophet but as god's anointed servant to deliver the people god's anointed servant to fulfill the scripture He was no longer bound by his failures and his mistakes, but now he was free to serve God in whatever capacity the Lord desired him. Notice, the mission may have seemed foolish, but Moses Moses found his freedom in the burning bush. And I trust this morning, if you hadn't found that freedom yet, you'll find it in this burning bush. Through the same angel of the Lord that met Moses, he's been appearing in Evening Light's Habernacle. He's been appearing at these camp meetings in Virginia. He's appearing in Oklahoma. He's appearing around the world doing what? He's setting the bush on fire to attract the attention of God's elect so that they, too, can have that same commission, so that they, too, can be set on fire, so that they, too, can enjoy the presence of the Almighty and be free from anything that would try to hold over them. Remember I spoke to you just the other night on, you know, you may have a past, but your past doesn't have to have you. No, you come in the presence of that same burning bush. It's here to liberate you from your failures, from your mistakes. It's here to to give you power and anointing to face your Egypt. Not face your Egypt, but to conquer your Egypt. That's what God has called us to do in this hour. We're in the midst of Laodicea. Every every tension of man is on evil. All the politics, every law that they're writing is against us as a believer. But if God can turn your attention this morning to him and to his word, it will give you something they can write in. They can't put you back in bonds. They can't put you back in chains because the liberator has come. And he that the son has made free, he's free indeed. He's free to serve God. He's free to worship God. He's free without failures. He's free without mistakes. He's free without his path. He's free this morning. And if you can experience that freedom, I'm telling you, oh, you couldn't sit there and be quiet. you will understand my God is real. He saved me. He delivered me. He set me free. I can't go back to hell. I can't go back to the bonds. I've been liberated. I've been free. Come on. Think about the Jews when they, when they come out of the concentration camps. You couldn't look at one of them and say, go back. Go back. No, they've been mistreated. They've been starved. They've been brutalized. They were made to work when they had no strength. And when they came in there and they liberated them, the Jews made a decree never again. Never again. What about it, bride? You're liberated this morning. But the devil's here constantly trying to put you back in chains. He's constantly trying to put you back in bondage. Boy, there's got to be something rise up from within. Never again. Never again. I've been liberated. I've been set free. All the things that I used to do, I don't do no more. I can't be held accountable to that because I've been forgiven. So he'll fill you with a holy boldness that no matter what the obstacles you face, there is no devil. There's not enough devils to distract you from your commission. Oh, I love it. God give you a mission. God put a calling in your heart to be the bride. And in his presence, we find the freedom. We find the boldness. We find the courage to do what God's called us to do. We face in our prayer lines. Brother Aaron can testify with me. I was in a prayer line with Brother Danny Seaman. We had it here in our Easter meetings. Demons begin to cry out. See, demons don't want to let you go if they got you. I had one cry out, said, Leave me alone. Raised up, Leave me alone. So, oh, you done picked on the wrong Son of God today. Amen. Leave me alone, nothing. You're coming out. Because that's our commission. Oh, let me tell you, every son and daughter of God deserves to be set free. And if you don't believe in casting out a devil, I'm going to tell you, you don't come too late. But God's seen God do it once, twice, three, four, however many times. God's never walked into a battle. But when he come out packing the victory, yes. he can do it in Evening Light. He can do it in Virginia. He's done it in Oklahoma. He's done it in Easter camp. I'm going to tell you, he's the same God this morning. Right. Yeah. 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 Come on, Brother Larry and I was praying with a young girl. Just here a few weeks back, and that demon spoke out, you can't have her. Had her bound by chains. Oh, before the service was over, God had her. Because his chains ain't strong enough to defeat the power of God. No, but it's in the presence of the angel, chains begin to break off. See, when you think on your path, the prophet of God would tell us it would either drive you to God or drive you away from God. And I trust this morning, some of you that's here, you can think on the things you've done, your past. Let that drive you to God. Don't let it drive you away. But let it drive you to him this morning. Maybe you're a backslider smoking. Maybe you're in a saloon, whiskey, drinking and things of that nature. You defiled your life, defiled others, lied, stole, cheated, denied the gospel that you're trying to represent. Maybe you've done these things. But won't you turn from it today. God is wanting you to be different. God wants us to be different. He requires us to be different. He don't want us to to live in bondage. When He's been, He's come and He sent His only Son to break those chains of indifference and unbelief and you know the 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 reality of our the not, not the reality but the the haunts of our past. See those that can come to Him, like Peter, can find mercy. And the Bible would tell us that God is rich in mercy. We find that in Ephesians too. But God, who is rich. In, however, however, how many of y'all ever met a rich man? Don't look. Oh, you, Yeah, some of y'all have read a, read a, met a rich man. I'll tell you, you like to be around the rich man, don't you? Man, he pays for everything. You go to dinner with a rich man, he's getting a tab. You're driving a rich man around, he's filling up the car. You stay overnight somewhere, he's paying for the tab. Something about a rich man is fun to be with, ain't it? You want to be friends with a rich man. But there's one thing about the rich man. He has to go and make more money to replenish what he's already spent. But this God that we serve, he's a rich man. He's the God who's rich in mercy. And he never, cannot, he never has to go back and replenish his mercy. He's the inexhaustible fountain of life. He's the inexhaustible fountain of mercy and mercy of grace and the fountain of healing and the fountain of deliver. He's a rich God. Oh, he owns a cattle and a thousand hills. If you've got a need this morning, he'll just sell a few so that he can make a way for his sons and his daughters this morning. Amen. Oh, my It's so funny sometimes, you know, you got young kids that think you're rich. Oh, Brother Joe, you're rich. And they see you you live in a nice house. They say you drive a nice car. Those things are not not riches. Those are just things of time, things that's going to perish. If you want to look at Brother Joe and say he's rich, look at what God has done for Brother Joe. Look what God has done for you. If you want to talk about being rich, you're rich in mercy. Some of you have received that mercy in your life. Some of you, you you wouldn't have given a nickel for, but God, rich in mercy, came by your way and done something supernatural. That's being rich. Oh, we're all rich this morning. This church is so rich in talent. Just so I put y'all on record, I had a dream the other night that I could sing. <laughs> I was like, God, please let that come to pass. Man, I was behind here preaching and started singing Brother Aaron, just tore it up. I felt so good, I woke up. I was like, man, praise God. Try to sing again. like, oh, that was flat. <laughs> so, you know, the Bible says you just got to stay in your call and wherewith your called. Right. So I'm going to stay there. Amen. But God is rich in mercy. He's rich in grace. He's rich in love. He's rich. And he's done so much for us. Never take the opportunity to walk through these doors for granted. Because it may be your moment. And if not for you, it may be your child's moment. And not for your child, it may be your grandchild's moment. That they meet the God that you met. They may meet God on the backside of a desert. And that burning bush begins to crackle and pop and begin to call their name and draw them to Himself. See, if you can see the day that He was smitten for you, then you wouldn't continue to live in sin. You wouldn't continue to live a halfway Christian life if you can see what He'd done for you, the price that He paid. If you could visually see the nail scars. If you could see his back, who was stripped with cat tails, if you could see the nails in his hands and the, peer, the spear that pierced his side, I don't think there would be a one of you today that could stay the same. That's right. That's right. Thursday night, I drove out to a crash site because I got a call that maybe my brother-in-law was in an accident. He may not make it. When I got there, I asked the officer. I said, sir, I said, I just saw the ambulance go by. I said, did they take him to the hospital? He said, Uh, they don't take dead bodies to the hospital. And I was floored. I said, he didn't make it. He said, no, he didn't make it. He's right over there. He's right over there. See, he's never going to get that opportunity back. But you have that opportunity today. You have that opportunity today. So he said, well, Brother Joe, this this is just, we're all saved here. We're all Christians here. We may be, but there may be some of you struggling with your freedom. Some of you may be struggling with what God has really done for you. And yet, you may be free to a a certain point. And we're going to get a little bit further into this because we have all, you know, like Brother Tim would say, we got all day. I don't plan on preaching to you all day. We'll let Brother Aaron come step up. But nevertheless, if we could see what he'd done for us, if we could see that body laying on the cross for your sins, for my sins. I woke up this morning at 4 o'clock in the morning with that image of my brother-in-law in my head. I can just imagine if I could see the image of Christ visible when He gave up the ghost and said, "It is finished," and every one of you came in mind, every one of you passed by His mind. It is finished. Two thousand years later, in the midst of Laodicea and even like Tabernacle, I paid for this one and, one and that 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 one. You'll never get that image out of your head if you can see what He done for you. You'll run to the cross of Calvary they would say that the, the, the Roman soldier there that pierced his side and he saw the blackness come and the blood wash out and the water come out of his side and everything and it was all over. He began to look back on it and he said he's nothing but almighty God. That's right. And the prophet of God would say he turned and he looked at his ways and he gave his heart to God at the foot of the cross. Amen. I wonder how many of us can do that in a Sunday service. We can push our pride aside And say, yeah, you know what? I'm tired of pretending. And let this be your Sunday service. That you see that visible body that paid that price for you. Never get that image out of your head. Crucified so that you could be free. Hung on a cross so you wouldn't have to hang. Put in a tomb so you wouldn't have to go there. Went to hell so you wouldn't have to go to hell. He's here today to do something supernatural for each of us that's here. He's here today to rewrite your story. What well, Satan says, it's got to be this way. God says, no. I'm here to rewrite their story. So your life doesn't have to end in tragedy, but you can come from tragedy to, to triumph. That's right. You can rise above it now. It may look like everything's going against you. You may have been a Moses where you're on the backside of the desert and it seems like you're just herding sheep and you know, life has been unfair and you've been dealt a bad hand and you've been in this marriage and that marriage and you know, just all these failures, but yet today you can rise from tragedy To triumph, and you can find your freedom in Christ. And when you ever find and experience true freedom, there's not enough devils in hell can put you back in bondage. There's not enough devils in hell can put you back in bondage. Pilate, they was here in Matthew 27, verse 24, when Pilate saw that he could not prevail, nothing, but rather rather but that rather a tumult was made. He took water and he washed his hands before the multitude and saying, I am innocent of the blood of this just person. Notice. They couldn't find any fault in Christ. The Pharisees couldn't find fault. Sadducees couldn't find fault. Pilate couldn't find fault. There was no fault in our lamb. The fault is in us. The fault is in us. And the only way that we'll ever get the blood off our hands is to put it in our heart. It's to accept what he's done. But I want you to know this morning, there's still a fountain filled with blood drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Well, the sinner the sinner this morning can plunge beneath that flood and lose all their guilty stains. Amen. Now, I was thinking the other day, I washed a pair of tennis shoes. I was out there at the crash site and was walking around, and it was about 335 feet, 105 yards from the, where the vehicle went off to where it landed. And I was walking it down, and my feet got muddy in the clay. And I began to spray it off, and, you know, there was a stain there. I put them in a the washing machine, got them out of the washing machine. There's was a stain there. But I'm here to tell you, there's something about this blood that remove every stain. Those shoes were clean, but they were still stained. But I'm here to tell you this morning, saints of God, when you plunge beneath that blood this morning, it removes all the guilty stains. There's not a stain. The dying thief rejoiced to see the fountain in his day, and there may I, though vile as he, wash all my sins away. Ever since by faith I saw that stream, thy flowing womb supply, redeeming love has been my theme and shall be till I die. There's a fountain. There's a fountain for every one of us here this morning. There's a fountain. You got the Holy Ghost this morning. There's a fountain still for you. You can come back to that stream, and you can be renewed. You can be refreshed this morning in his presence. Some of you young people need a real experience. There's a fountain that's open this morning. There's a fountain that's here. You can just plunge in, into that blood this morning and be made clean. Hallelujah. No more stains of sin and grief on your life. But many times, we're like that express agent. He comes to your house. How many likes getting a package from UPS? I got a real honest soul right here. She raised her hand so quick. We do, man. That UPS guy or FedEx guy drives up in your house. Man, it's like Christmas in July or May or June or May. Yeah, May, right? We're in May. We love to see him drive up. But here he come. He's got this package, big old box. And you just run to the door all excited to meet him. Hey, Mr. UPS guy, so good to see you. And in that box, is a bunch of rattlesnakes just hissing around. And then fear grips your heart, ho, oh. so I don't want this package. And that's how the devil does. You've been free, but he comes to bring the package back. And at first, you're all excited, ho, oh. I don't want that package. And see, in one sense, the package is yours, but in another sense, it's not yours until you sign for it. I'm here to tell you, you've been free, but when that UPS agent comes back to your door with that box of rattlesnakes, you have a choice to make. Do you sign for it? Do you sign for fear? Do you sign for complexes? Do you sign for depression? Do you sign for criticalness? Do you sign for all these things that we're signing up for? You signed the ticket that says, I accept it. But the prophet of God will tell us all you have to do is refuse to have it. You know, you've been set free. You can tell that UPS guy, take his box and go back to wherever he came from with it. Yeah, all right. Well, you're like, well, Brother Joe, I'm a nice guy. Mr. Devil, if you please take this box of rattlesnakes back, we could have a real good service this morning. If Brother Joe would get off this line of thought this morning, I'd really get behind him. I would, may even start amenin'. You know, we allow fear to come back and it grips us and we can't move. We allow complexes, worried about what somebody else thinks about us, how we're going to worship and it may not be the norm. Who cares about how what people think about us? And We come with depression and we come with anxieties and we got all these things that we bring into the house of God, but I want you to know he's here to liberate you this morning. All that you got to do is say, Mr. UPS agent, I'm not signing for it. I refuse to have it. The Bible says to resist the devil and he shall flee. It's time that we as sons and daughters of God show the devil what we're made out of and tell him, look, I ain't going to Take it any longer. You can take this stuff back. You can't You can't bluff me, Mr. Devil. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. I'm made out of stuff that don't bluff. I've received my freedom, and that entitles me to every promise of God. It entitles me to liberation. It entitles me to the blessing and every promise in his word. It entitles me to healing and deliverance and salvation, and I'm free from depression, and I'm free from fear, and I'm free from anxieties, and I'm free from conflict. It entitles me to that this morning. You can take your stuff, Mr. Devil ain't go to hell with it. I'm a son of God. I've been liberated. I've been set free from the bonds of sin that's crimped my life. See, it gives you a boldness when you recognize your freedom. When you recognize you're not bound any longer, it puts something on the inside of a believer. You recognize it's God calling you. It's God placing you. It's God positioning you. See, God didn't call you and position you to be defeated, but God called you and positioned you to be a mighty conqueror. That's right. See, the devil would put us in a pawn shop, but Jesus came to redeem us. Right. We've all been in a pawn shop. And the problem is that some of us still have pawn shop mentality. Yeah. Yeah. You got a checkbook yeah, yeah. with his name on it. No. You can go to Macy's and you're going to the pawn shop. Why get something used when you can get something new? Why get somebody else's experience when you can get his experience? Why copy some preacher when you can get the preacher of preachers experience? Why go sign up for a doctor's healing when you can get a true healing and a true deliverance? Let me tell you, the pawn shop mentality, the devil may have put you there because our forefathers, or Adam and Eve, sold us into sin, but Jesus Christ had paid the price. He paid the ultimate price, and you don't have to be in sin any longer. You don't have to be in a pawn shop any longer. You can break that pawn shop mentality and say, i got a credit card. i got a checkbook with the name of Jesus written on it. I can go down to Macy's and get anything I want. I can come into the house of God and I can worship and I can praise God because I got a checkbook this morning I can pray for my lost loved ones. I can pray for healing. I can pray for deliverance I can pray for whatever I need prayer for and God's gonna respond God's gonna answer God's gonna move because why because I recognize I'm not in the pawn shop anymore. I've been set free it reminds me, Brother Bram, our Brother Bram tells us about an old story about a crow he called Johnny Crow. He scared all the other crows away that was eating in the cornfield. And this old crow, was, he was tied up to a fence or to a fence post. And he'd go round and round and round and round calling. How many of you know what a crow sounds like? Yeah. Mm-hmm. caw Close enough? That was good enough. I got a crow call at home. I didn't bring it today. I didn't want to scare you. Yeah. What you hear a little crow call? Caw-caw! That's how some of us are going in the church Go go God didn't make you a crow church God made you a dove yeah, And he sent you a lamb And the lamb was to follow the dove and I'm here to tell you this morning That crow went around and around and around right. Starved to death yeah, right. Just calling 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 But someday some poor old man Boy, I'm call him a good man Came by and Untied him from the fence post. All the other crows were flying overhead. Come on, Johnny Crow. Come on, get up from there. Come follow us. Around and around and around. Oh, that may be for somebody else, but they just don't know my story. And you see the Spirit of God move in the church. All the other crows are flying. Come on, Johnny. Get up, Johnny. You can enjoy this. Look, Johnny, just, just come on. Flap your wings, Johnny. I'm tied. I'm tied. Yeah. He had been tied so long that he thought he was tied. What am I telling you, even like Tabernacle? I'm telling you, the good man of the house has come by, even like Tabernacle, and he's loosed you. And understand you've been going around and around and around and around with sin so long that you don't know you, that you've been released. But one step past that chain, you'll realize your freedom. One, path, one step past that chain, sin can't hold you any longer. Fear can't hold you any longer. Depression can't hold you any longer. Suicide can't hold you any longer. You take that first step past that chain and flap those wings, you'll get caught up in the heavens because you weren't predestinated to be some crow calling around. God has anointed you to be a mighty eagle, a flying eagle, that you can Soar into the heavens and experience freedom and liberation and the joys of knowing God in the reality of his word. He said, the devil may have tied you up, but there's a good man, Jesus Christ, who redeemed you. He cut every string loose from you. When you see the rest of them rise to their feet and believe in it, go the same way. Man, when you see the moving of the spirit and young people begin to move and fall out and just enjoy the presence of the Lord. Come on, Johnny. DON'T SIT THERE CRITICAL, JOHNNY. DON'T SIT THERE WITH THAT NEGATIVE MENTALITY, I'M TIED UP. YOU AIN'T TIED. No, the the good man of the house has come by Jesus Christ. He come and paid your price, and he cut those strings that's held you bound. The prophet of God will tell us you're free. Every one of you, Jesus, cut loose that a long time ago. You're not bound any longer. On Calvary's cross, he freed you there. He loosed you there. You don't have to be bound any longer by your past mistake. He set you free at Calvary's cross. Just refuse to have it. Revelations 1 and verse 5 says, and from Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness, and the first begotten of the dead, the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us, and he washed us. Washed us from our sins in his own blood. That word washed there means loosed. So he loosed us from our sins in his own blood. He goes, isn't that wonderful? He goes, if you're spiritual minded, did you catch it? It was his own blood that loosed us completely from our sins. It was not the blood of a human. It was not the blood of God. Peter would call it the blood of, blood of Christ. Paul would call it the blood of the Lord and the blood of Jesus. not three persons, but one person. There is that revelation again, one God. The omnipotent Jehovah God came down and made himself a body by means of a virgin birth and dwelt in it. That it might be the blood of God that would free us, loose us entirely. From our sins and present us spotless before Him with exceeding great joy. Notice, since it was the blood of God, it's a perfect blood. And if it was a perfect blood that loosed us, then it's a perfect loosing. You can never be bound again. There's therefore now, now in this service this morning, no condemnation. Who shall lay anything to the charge of God's elect, but it's God that justifies? Otherwise, it's God that declares you righteous this morning. Right. It is he, who is he that is condemned, but it is Christ that died. He said, there it is. His death gave us blood, the blood has loosed us. There is there now no condemnation. How can there be? There is nothing to be condemned for, because the blood has loosed us from sin. We are free. We are guiltless. He says, don't listen to man. Listen to the word. You are loose by the blood. And in the revelations of Jesus Christ, he would give a, an accommodation or he would give a word of encouragement. He said, now, don't get tied down again by traditions and creeds and organizations. That's right. We found that men have taken this message and what a pure, unadulterated word it is. And men had gone to seed on their own ideas because maybe back then when it started, they didn't have all the messages in the table form that we have today to search it out and study it. And men come up with their own quotes and their cherry-picked this and cherry pick that and put it all together. And they come with their little slanted idea. But here's what he's saying. He said, don't take the ideas of man. We got men today don't believe in a prayer line. We got men today that don't believe in an altar call. We got men today that don't believe in the movement of the spirit. We got men today that they they, they just they go they stay, they they anchor down on formalism and don't think you gotta move. As I said the other day, you got song leaders today, they sing two songs in the beginning of the preaching, two songs at the end, and they shut the complete experience of God down. Why do we do that? Because it's man's idea. We don't want man's idea. God has loosed us from man's idea. God's freed us from man's idea. What I want, I want a Pentecostal idea. And I'm not talking about Azusa Street. I'm talking about the first Pentecost. I'm talking about an upper room. We stagger out of here like drunk men, and they begin to wonder, oh, what's going on with these? Look at them. They're staggering out of even like tabernacle. They're off in the highways. They're all drunk, staggering out like a bunch of drunk men. Well, but there's got to be a spokesman step up and say, you know what? You know what this is? This is that. This is what John prophesied about. This is what he said. I'll pour out my spirit in the last day. It goes beyond the mentality of man. It goes beyond the traditions of man. It goes beyond their thinking. If what? Because it's freedom When God sends forth the Holy Ghost He sends a chain breaker in the midst And says I'm going to do it I don't care what man says about it I'm going to throw out my spirit I'm going to fill young people I'm going to fill young men I'm going to fill young women I'm going to fill them with my power My presence And they may act completely insane But it doesn't matter Because this is that right. Oh, I tell you what You can keep that if you ain't got this Because you can't take me to something better right. I'll keep this until that comes. Amen. Well, Brother Joe, you look foolish. I don't care. That's right. I've looked stupider in my days. Awesome. You ain't got to agree with me, Brother Tony. <laughs> oh, I look, man, but when I was out in the world serving the, the devil under sin, I did stupid stuff. Mm-hmm. Stuff I'm not proud of. That's right. But this is that. That's, right. That's why I can preach. Sometimes I may preach and it may be all over the place. But I tell you, if you understood the joy that I have in knowing where I've been and where I'm headed and what he's done for me. Those chains of sin, those chains of alcohol, those chains of just that that unrighteous life is gone. And and let me tell you, I've never woke up since the day I gave my heart to the Lord and wished that I could go back. Because this is that. You can let the naysayers say what they want. This is that. The problem is, they're tied up. Right. Right. Problem is, some of them been loose. We've been having all these meetings. The good man's coming by and unloosing them and unloosing them and tying them, but they keep going around in a circle because why? Well, it's a tradition. Well, Johnny Crow walked around and around and around and around. And sometimes that's our problem. Some of you can't come to the altar. Some of you can't uh, offer up praise and worship to God. Because I understand you may have gone around and around, and it seems like the devil's constantly buffing to you and buffing to you. But I'm here to tell you this morning, he's already loosed you. And it's a perfect loosing. It's a perfect blood. And if that blood is loose, you this morning, ain't no devil can take you back and tie you back to that post. Because why? You've experienced your freedom. you found your freedom in Jesus Christ. You found your freedom in this word. You found your freedom in this message. This message was sent to liberate sons and daughters of God. They want to say when they left this message, they found liberty. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You went back to bondage. Oh, let me tell you, I know what I'm talking about. I came out of the world, went to a Baptist church, went from a Baptist church to a Methodist church, from a Methodist church to an Assembly church. I never found what I got today. Oh, I can tell you They ain't free They're not free Because the Bible says He that the Son is made free Is free What is this message? It's a message from the Son Amen. Declaring you free See, redemption means That the devil put you in a pawn shop But Jesus come to take you out That old crow had been tied so long till he still thought that he was tied He didn't know that somebody had redeemed him I wonder about some of us tonight or this morning. Brother Bam said, that's with a lot of people tonight, friends. You've been in sin so long serving the enemy till you think you're still tied and you're really loose. He goes, oh, let's go to Calvary tonight. Let's get out of the things of the world. Oh, my, he's wonderful. Know that we're free, and who that the Son has made free is free indeed. See, we find in John 8 and verse 33... Or verse 32, Jesus tells me, he says, now, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. And notice their response. And they answered, we be Abraham's seed, and we're never in bondage to any man. How sayest thou, you shall be made free? See, they were in bondage, but they didn't realize they were held bondage. Harriet Tubman, we all know who she is, the Underground Railroad. Harriet Tubman made a statement. She goes, I freed a lot of slaves. And I would have freed a many more if they only recognized they were slaves. I I liberated. I freed a lot of slaves. And I would have freed a lot more if they had only recognized that they were slaves. So we find people today they can't be freed because they don't realize they're slaves. They're okay with just coming to church. They're okay with just a halfway Christian life. They're okay with just, you know, just going through the motions. Church has got to be good more than going through the motions. When he's come, during the Emancipation a Proclamation, what was that? A declaration that all slaves could be free. Some slaves were freed and they thrived. Other slaves needed a master. See, slave mentality is in the mind. While others like Johnny Crow never come to the realization that the chains of darkness has broken off their life and they go around and around and around and around. And though they're free, they were servants to the post. They never come to realize the joy and the promises of serving God. They never experienced a life of victory to worship without condemnation. They never experienced coming into church and can offer true praise without a guilty conscience. It's no different than a man who's married to a woman, but he cheats on her and commits adultery. He can never give his spouse true intimate relationship because his conscience condemns him. And sometimes that's what we bring into the house of God, a guilty conscience. But I want you to know, you've been liberated. You've been set free. Let's do away with slave mentality. You find people they carry baggage after baggage after baggage, and they just keep coming and they keep coming, and you know, and it gets heavier and heavier as the years pass. And whether you know it or not, you become a slave to that baggage. Some of us it's negativity, some of us it's complexes, some of us it's nervousness, some of us it it's depression, fear, anxieties, all these other things, and we become a slave to those things. And we always ask God, "Why me, God?" When you ask, "Why me?" that's slave mentality. Why? me why me you know God doesn't make one mistake so that tells me we should never ask him why me God chose you he saw something in you that you didn't see in yourself and he knew there's something that can rise above the situation that you're facing but we find we have all these things and and they weigh us down year after year and we think well this is just normal I have to live with this church is anything but normal When Jesus died on the cross, he paid for everything, all your redemptive blessings. Don't bring in depression in the house of God and take it home with you and live with it and cater to it and and pamper it and all this stuff and say, well, it's just who I am. It's part of my makeup. No, it ain't. That's what the devil wants you to know. He's trying to put you back in a pawn shop, but you've been free, sons and daughters of God. It's anything but normal. It may be common, but it's not normal. See, they didn't recognize here that they were in bondage. And until you recognize that you're in bondage, you can never be set free. They saw themselves as God's chosen people, not slaves to sin, not slaves to all these different things. But yet at the same time, they were held bondage. They wanted to worship God. When the Spirit passed by, they just clamped down because there was something that they couldn't be intimate with God for. And so they, they just wouldn't worship. They wouldn't praise God. And so we find, church, that it's like an eagle. Brother Bam talked about the eagle in the cage. He said, this bird was destined for the heavenly skies, and he was, he was meant to soar in the heavenlies, but now he's in a cage, and he's beating his head, his brain's out trying to get loose. And he said, if I could just raise enough money, I'd pay the price to get that eagle out of that cage. And he said, I thought of a more pitiful sight than that, and that's a man who's caged with sin. Yeah. Yeah. I watched a man caged in sin, alcohol. Drive them to an early grave. There was an eagle behind that, destined to get out. And there was a way that was already made, there was a price that's already been paid. But you got to recognize where you are. If you ever plan on climbing out of that jail cell, you got to recognize that you're an eagle. Johnny Crow would cry out, I'm still tired. I'm still tired. He wanted to worship. He says, I can't worship. I'm tired. I can't overcome. I'm tired. I can't be healed. I'm tired. I can't receive the Holy Ghost. I'm tired. I can't praise God. I'm tired. I can't surrender my all. I'm tired. See, but we've been freed from our past, but he didn't recognize it. We've been freed from man's idea, but he didn't recognize it. We've been freed from denominational cages, but he didn't recognize it. We've been freed from formalism, but he didn't recognize it. But one step past that chain. One step past that chain is all you need to do to this morning to recognize your freedom. One step past that depression, said so you can't hold me anymore. You're free this morning. But to say that's the way it is with men and women tonight who don't know their position. And Christ, the devil may have tied you with TB, may have tied you with cancer, may have tied you with many things. But Christ, a good man, has stood your judgment, now has set you free. You know, in the, in the days of slavery, the days of slavery, the, the slaves were bound and <clears throat> we find that this is back in the days, early days, not back in the early 1800s or anything of that nature. This is going back to Egypt. We find there was a law that there was a jubilee year and no matter what they've done, they sold their children to slavery and the sound of that jubilee trumpet, they could be made free. And we find, though, that many times they knew that that day was going to come. Maybe it was the next morning, and they knew the jubilee was going to be just around the corner. And we find here that the slaves would be in to climb to the top of the mountain. You know, it was a struggle. Some of them had to climb. And some could climb further than others. Some could a little bit more stamina. They could climb a little bit higher than others. And we find that they would climb up to the top of that mountain. And when they see the sun rose, they knew then that they were free. And they'd begin to cry back down and back down, you're free, you're free, you're free, you're free. And no matter what they was doing in the valley... They may have been hoeing for the master. They may have been beat. They may have been kicked They may have been done this and done that what he's telling you this morning. You're no longer bound You're free this morning. You no longer have to live in sin. You can go home and be free You don't have to owe any debt because you can drop that cigarette You can drop that chew in the back and you can drop that whiskey bottle You can drop anything that's binding you. you're free this morning Ladies can quit wearing makeup. They can quit cutting their hair men can start cutting their hair and wear manly clothes You're free this morning. You don't have to let society rule you. I'm gonna tell you you're free this morning this morning. He's already paid the price. You may have come in here a slave, but you can walk out free. You can throw that old hole down and turn around and look at that slave master and say, you can't touch me again. You can't take me again. You can't put this sin on me again. You can't put your whip on me again. I'm free this morning. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. I've been set free by the blood of the Lamb. I'm never going back. I'm going home to my family. I'm going home to my children. I'm going home to my wife. I'm going home to my husband. I'm going back to my home. I'm going to be different because I'm free. You can turn around and say, You have no more rule over me. You have no more rule over me. I'm going home. I'm no more servant. You can drop your whole church. The Emancipation Proclamation is sounding out this morning. This message is your freedom. This message. This message declares that whosoever the Son is made free is free indeed. But this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sin forever, he sat down at the right hand. One sacrifice. Say, Brother Joe, "Well, I'm not worthy. You're right, you're not worthy. But God's not looking at you. He's looking at your lamb. Brother Joe, I've done this and I've done that. I I didn't live true. I've been a drunkard. I've done all these things. That's right, you may have done all that. But God ain't looking at you. He's, He's looking at your lamb. He's going to examine your lamb. And if your lamb's been accepted, you're going to be accepted. I'm going to tell you, church, your lamb has been accepted. Oh, your lamb has been accepted this morning. You don't have to look at yourself. You look at yourself. You see your failures. You see your mistakes. You see your scars. But if you can look to the lamb this morning, that lamb paid your price. That lamb is your sacrifice. And I'm going to tell you, it's a perfect lamb. It's a sinless lamb. And that lamb paid it for you. And you're free this morning. You're free to worship a living God. You're free to experience the joys of the Lord. You're free to get drunk in the Holy Ghost. You're free to speak in tongues. You're free to dance. You're free. You're free, and don't you ever underestimate Jesus and what He will do. Well, He said, Well, He don't do that in my church. That's fine. That's your church. But in this church, He's free. He's free to move however He wishes. And He's here today to break chains off of your life. He says, Now, God, in the beginning, when He saw sin, He saw what had happened. And he spoke the word, and Jesus was a a slain. Jesus was slain before the foundation of the world. And every person was saved, was saved, according to the Bible, when the lamb was slain in the mind of God before the foundation of the world. So every person was saved before the foundation of the world. You were there in his mind. You were there on the cross. You were there in hell. You were there when he rose again. Oh, church. So he that the the son is made free is free indeed. And when God slayed the son before the foundation of the world, he was just as much slain then as he was at Calvary. It's a finished product when God said so. See, it's God that's called us. It's God that chose us in Christ. It's all God. Nothing that we had to do with. The church didn't call you. Man didn't call you. God called you. Amen. God began to move on your heart. God began to deal with that life. Some of you are here this morning, not because man called you. God called you. God placed that burden in your heart to come and say, what is it all about? What is it, what's going on in evening light? What's happening down there? God's calling. And Romans 8.1 says, Therefore there is now no condemnation No damnatory sentence to them that are in Christ Jesus who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit of God. For the law the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made us free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh. And for sin, He condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. See, when man sinned, there was a chasm that separated man and God. Yeah. There was no way to bridge that chasm. There was no way to get back. God accepted a substitute, but that substitute can never bring man back fully in the presence of God. But when God sent his predestinated lamb, Jesus Christ, it not only breached the chasm, but it completely took the chasm away. And the prophet of God would say, and now there's not even a chasm there. Man and God become father and son again. Oh, church, if you recognize where we were and what God had done for us. He said, that don't even cover, he said, talking about the blood of bulls and goats, it only covers sin, but see... We're talking about a, a blood that can not only cover sin, but it annihilates sin. Not only bridges the chasm, but it takes the chasm away. And we find there in, in Micah 7 and verse 18, the Bible will tell us, who is God or who is like unto thee that pardon iniquity and passes by the transgression of the remnant of his heritage? He retaineth not his anger forever because he delighteth in mercy. Hear it again. He's a God who's rich in mercy. In verse 19, he will turn again. He will have compassion upon us. He will subdue our iniquities, and thou will cast all their sins into the depths of the sea. One thing about God, God is infinite. We are finite. We can forgive, but we never will forget. But God is so big that not only does he forgive, he forgets about it. He throws it over in the sea as his forgiveness. He don't even have one memory, one trace of your sin if you'll just put it in the blood. And there's a power in that blood. There's a power of dissociation. And when that sin drops into that blood, it dissociates it, and it goes back on the head of the Enemy and to the time of judgment I'm going to tell you this morning You're free this morning The blood of Jesus has disassociated you and your past That chasm has been bridged You're no longer held by sins, chains And unbelief You're sons and daughters of God We can forgive But we never forget He can forgive And he never remembers Ooh. Mercy he never remembers. Brother Johnny, that past, he has no memory of it. Brother Tony, that past, no remembrance. Brother Jeremy, that past, what are you talking about? He don't know. So why don't we keep bringing it up? We're free. I found my freedom in Christ. I found my freedom. As a young boy, I longed to serve God, but I let peer pressure pull me here and pull me there. I was good in athletics. So I let athletics drive me here and drive me there, very driven, but one day I found him. Oh, I may have tried to try to find freedom in a bottle or find freedom in a bar or find freedom in a party, find freedom in this and find freedom in that. I never found that peace. I never found that freedom, but one day, Amen. one day I found my freedom in him. Amen. And if you can ever find that freedom, church, it'll set you on fire. You say, Brother Joe, do I got to act like you? Nope. Don't act like me. We don't need that. Mercy. There'll be popcorn all over the church. Everybody popping up, poop, boop, boop, poop. No, be who God's called you to be. But worship him. Praise him. Brother Joe, do I got to shout? Nope. You can just throw your hands up. Let the devil know that God's done something. He's freed you, and you're no longer in the pawn shop. You're no longer Johnny Crow, just going around, going through the motions, just living a halfway Christian life. No, you begin to flap those wings and soar in the heavenlies. Notice, John, if I start bringing this down to a close, start bringing it down to a close. John 15 and verse 14 says, you are my friends. This is what he's done for you this morning. You are my friends if you do whatsoever I command you. Henceforth, I call you not servants. Make this personal this morning. I'm no longer calling you servants, but I'm calling you sons. I'm calling you daughters. I'm calling you free. I'm calling you guiltless, blameless. God's calling you this morning. For the servant knoweth not what his Lord doeth, but I have called you friends. For all things that I have heard of my Father, I have made known unto you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you. Amen. You're here this morning because God's choosing, God's calling, and God's ordination. You're not here by happenstance. You're not here by mistake. Right. Tory, God moved you from Arkansas here because you got a part to play. Even like Tabernacle, right. Chloe. God moved you from Alabama to take part of some special meetings and to be a part of a special church. Not that your church family there wasn't any better, but God's got a part for you to play here. God called you, and he's called you friends. He didn't call you his enemy. He didn't pronounce judgment on you, but he's called you friend, free, free to worship. And today, church, we did not become seed because we could be reborn but we could be reborn because we were always seed. Brother William, you didn't become seed because you were reborn, but God, before the foundation of the world, placed a seed on the inside of you. And at a certain time, a certain age, a certain service, in the right atmosphere, the Spirit of God stroked that seed. And because there was a seed there, rebirth could take place. Oh, church, what is that rebirth? That's your freedom. That's where the chains of the world begin to fall off when you recognize, I'm a seed of God. And some of you this morning, you got children out in the world. And let me tell you, it looks hopeless for some of them. It looks impossible, but God still does the impossible. It looks like there's no hope, it's useless, we might as well give up, but the prophet of God said a son of God can go a long time before he ever recognizes he's a son of God. And brother EJ, I know you're streaming with your father. A son of God can go a long time before he ever recognizes he's a son of God. You know, that son may resist. That son may be hardened. That son may just, he may push back and push back and push back. But eventually, the light of that word is going to strike that seed. you see, some of us were cultivated in good ground. Some of us were under concrete. But if there's a seed in there, that seed's going to come to life. He that the son is made free. We'll be free. There ain't enough devils in hell to keep that child, that son of God down. Amen. Let me tell you, we've heard it and we've heard it and we've heard it, but the devil don't have enough. He doesn't have enough. Right. Some of you that got kids out there in the world, you need to be claiming it. every morning, call their name before God in prayer. God, you said it, there ain't enough devils in hell can keep my daughter down, keep my son down, keep my husband down, keep my wife down. There ain't enough devils in hell can keep me down. Amen. Not when we've been free. Notice, redeem means to buy back. It's to restore back to the original. God, by his death, shed blood, brought back his own. He says, my sheep hear my word, and they will follow me. You always was a sheep. Brother L, you never was a pig. You never was a dog. Sister Felicia, you always was a sheep. Hallelujah, man. Think about that. Well, I'm in my 50s. I'm in my 40s. We just come to the message three years ago. You may have just came three or four years ago, but you always was sheep. You always was seed. See, a son of God can go a long time. But if there's a seed that was deposited before the foundation of the world, there ain't enough devils in hell can cover it up, can stop it from coming to life. It's going to find its way to come to the Word. And when it comes to the Word, and when the Word comes to the Word, what happens? It brings forth freedom. It brings forth life. It brings forth jubilee. It brings forth emotion. It brings forth praise. It brings forth adoration. It brings forth victory. I'm here to tell you this morning. It brings it forth. Because what? It ain't the work of a man. It's the work of Almighty. God. Only God can put that together Only God can put that together Only God can bring this substance Into that something and bring it to this something and create life Only God can do that right. 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 Only God can call a man from his depths of sin and despair And place him and make him a real son of God right. 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 Thank you, Lord. Don't try to impersonate it right. He said that's what's the matter with Pentecost That's what's the matter with the church today Too many trying to impersonate that they got the Holy Ghost. Too many trying to impersonate divine healing. I'm sorry, but the days of impersonation are gone. Now we're criticized for the moving of the Spirit. Now we're criticized for praying out loud. Now we're criticized for altar calls. Now we're criticized for young people getting victory. We're criticized. You're not criticizing us. You're criticizing him. You're blaspheming the Holy Spirit for what he does in a life. If you'd have been Miriam and looked back over your taskmasters, that depression that had you bound, and you just drug yourself to the house of God, praying one day was going to be your day. Or oh, maybe you came with fear and it had you bound and you were scared to go do this you, you was afraid to do that or maybe it was complexes. You thought everybody was against you Nobody loved you nobody cared for you But one day when you cross the other side and you step foot on the other side of that shore And you look back and all those taskmasters that beat you that ridiculed you That spit upon you and maybe raped you and did all these things to you when you realize they're all drowned in the sea It gives you a freedom I'm gonna tell you you can find your freedom in the Red Sea and that Red Sea is the Holy Ghost this morning It's the blood of Jesus Christ. It liberates every chain. It breaks every path. It frees you from yesterday. It frees you from the guilt. It frees you from everything that that ever was produced on you. I'm going to tell you this morning, church, if you can just be like Mary, you can realize I don't have to be bound. I'm no longer a son or a servant. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. I've been liberated. I crossed through my Red Sea, and Almighty God had saved me and delivered me, and now I'm on my way to the promised land. My Egypt is destroyed. It's behind me. I'm not going back back to Egypt. I'm going on with Jesus. I'm going on with Christ. I'm headed to a promised land. I'm headed to a heavenly home. My palms are broken. My chains are done. I'm free. I found my freedom in Him. I found my freedom this morning. Have you found your freedom? Have you found your freedom? Oh, God is here. The power of God is here. Oh, come church. Let's worship God. We're free this morning. Brother Mike musician you We're free this morning. I found my freedom, Lord. I found my freedom, Lord. I found my freedom. And there ain't enough devils. There ain't enough devils. Satan, you don't have enough this morning to put us back in bondage. You don't have enough. As I end it with this. Very familiar quote. Brother Brandon would tell these servants of God were held in prison. Brother Branham, they said, deliver us from this. This is a house of hell. You've been misunderstood. You've been misunderstood, these people. These are fine people, but I looked over there in a great big cellar, big walls, down beneath the great big cave, great iron bars, eight to 10 inches thick. People out of their mind, twisted arms, legs, beating their head like that and they were crying saying deliver the people brother Bradham the voice of the people crying for freedom deliver me oh thou son of David have mercy on me this morning maniac of Gadaria out of his mind but when he came to himself for a split second God be merciful God be merciful you don't know the hour you don't know the minute. You don't know the time when that child cries out, God, remember me. Forgive me, Lord. Hey, never, never come to a justified state. Remember, never be filled with the Holy Ghost. But don't deny them salvation. Because those that call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Shall be saved. Deliver the people, Brother Branham. They said, help us. We're in trouble. She herself, I know where she belongs, believed the Church of Christ, a good Christian, good Christian church, or call the Church of the Brothers. She so looked around, and I wished I could. I, I go on looking around, little bitty body and them great big iron bars, and those poor people in there. You, you couldn't get to them. Those iron bars were sitting so close, and I looked, and they were just beating their head like that. They were out of their mind. They wanted to be free. You ever been in a place when you want to be free so bad? You want to be delivered so bad. You want relief so bad. It'll almost drive you out of your head. it almost drive you. And here they are. And I seen some lights flicking around in there. And I looked up and stood the Lord Jesus with light of a rainbow around him. And he was looking right straight at me. And he said, Deliver the people. And he went away. And I thought, How could I deliver them? I haven't got enough strength in my arms to break those bars. So I said, House of hell. Give way to the name of Jesus, Jesus Christ. And all the cracking and popping and the rocks are rolling bars are falling. People running, screaming delivered and screaming at the top of their voice and was all delivered. I'm going to tell you, you may be feeling like you're in a house of hell this morning, but that house of hell has to give way at the name of Jesus Christ. And not just one, but every one of them left there. They were free. And I'm going to tell you this morning, you're no longer bound. Sin doesn't have a hold on your life. Your past has no grip. No cancer can control you. No depression can control you. No fear can control you. Complexes can't control you. You've been justified. You've been anointed. You've been placed. You're here this morning, and you're free, church. House of hell, give Way to the mighty name of Jesus Christ he's our freedom he's our victor he's our God he's our king he's our everything oh glory to God this morning you're free church you're free church you can't be put back in bondage Oh, the house of hell has been liberated this morning sons and daughters you're free you're free you're free